Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Susan, and we are listening to episode number 13, where I am talking about virtual math ideas. Okay, so just so you know, I am by no means a math teaching expert, but I thought I would share with you what has worked well for me in the past year. So those of you who have been listening know that I am a full-time distance education teacher, except by the time you're listening to this episode, I most likely will be back hybrid, but also still distance. And my school is doing hybrid and distance, well, like, I guess, because hybrid is simultaneously, but I will be teaching both at the same time. Woohoo! I feel so sad for those kids that opted hybrid because it's not going to be any different from them sitting in their own living rooms, only now they have to sit in the classroom and pay attention to me. (laughs) So (laughs) I still haven't worked out how it's going to look. So if you have any hybrid tips, I would love to hear from you. And like I said, I will only be a couple days into teaching hybrid once this episode airs. The more information, the better that you can share with me would be amazing. So let's go ahead and get started on talking about virtual math. So I mentioned my math manipulatives before when I talked about my virtual classroom setup. So if you're interested in how I've been maintaining my virtual classroom, you can look up that episode and take a listen. I talked to you about what's on my teaching cart, what does it look like, and then I actually did a podcast, or not a podcast, a a blog post with pictures, so you can actually see photographs of how it looks in reality, and it is exactly the same thing I've been using all school year since August, and it served me very well. And now that we're going back in person, I am tempted to load up my cart or my car with my cart (laughs) and just continue the same way like I've been at home, but just have my little rolling cart at school. I don't know. I'm still still undecided. So anyway, virtual math. When I looked in August about what were the main things that second graders needed to know for math. I came up with number lines because number lines at my last school was huge. It was most of the lessons, I think, is using a number line to add and to subtract and make multiples and all that fun stuff. Break apart numbers, decompose, you know. So I made sure I had a number line. So I have little half sheets of cardstock that I actually typed up on my computer and printed out for all the students and then I laminated and then I sent them home with whiteboard whiteboard markers and um, little 
Oh gosh. Um, maybe smaller than the size of an index card. I cut up a piece of felt and I probably got about 10 pieces out of one piece of felt. I just made little rectangles and that is the whiteboard eraser for the students. And I use that as well for myself. It works really well. And if you use a dark color, it, it can last the entire year, if not longer. Um, I've had them last longer than a year. <laughs> so um, I do try to give them new ones um, every year, though. It's just nice to have nice brand new supplies at the beginning of a year. So anyway, it costs, what, not even a dollar to get a felt square, um, less than, I think it's 59 cents or something at Michael's. So anyway, I send them that. So they have one, two, three, four, these little half cards that I put on a jump ring. Okay, so that's the, or maybe it's called a split ring. It opens in two and you slide the stuff on and then you close it up and then you can thumb through it really quick. So there's open number line on one side and then there's a closed number line on the other side. And so I tried to make things that went together on the same, I don't know, page, I guess, half page. So we use that quite a lot in math, like I was saying. And then I have 10 frames. So I put two 10 frames on one because we are dealing with bigger numbers up to 20. So I wanted them to have 10 frames so they could draw their circles or whatever or put their manipulatives on 10 frames. So I have 10 frames. And then I have a digital and analog clock together on one page, even though we haven't quite gotten to time yet. And then we started off the year with fact family. So I did a triangle. And then in the triangle, I had the, um, I have a box for the numbers. And I did not do the addition and subtraction number sentences on my page because I wanted them to get in the habit of writing them themselves. So I left those off and I just made it blank. And then I have a more or less page. So that's like what I call like the T the T chart when you're filling in the hundreds chart and you want the number that is 10 more, 10 less, one more, one less. I did one of those charts and I just called it more or less so that we could get used to, you know, that's a very quick, easy math warm up. Um, I pick a number to go in the middle and then they have to fill in the rest of the, the squares. So that's just a good way to get in some quick number sense throughout the school day. And then I have number bonds. And we talk about number bonds quite often, and I showed them a lot how the number bonds and the fact family triangles go together because I feel like that's used quite heavily early in the year. Um, we use the iReady program, or Ready, I guess I should say. Um, Ready and iReady, we use it both, so I just call it iReady. And then I have place values. So I have just three boxes to represent the hundreds, tens, and ones. Again, I did not label it because I want them to get very used to labeling their own as hundreds, tens, and ones because I feel, I feel like the more they have to write it, the more it sticks. So I didn't want to write it for them. I wanted to leave that blank. So they had to really think which one was which until they started remembering it. And then the last thing I have is a full sheet of paper, also laminated, and it's just the front side of the paper, and it's a 1 to 120 chart. And then the back side is what I call our whiteboard, so I actually use this every single day. I write on the back of it for phonics, for writing, to share um, when we do our mental math. We start every day with... Um, 
like a number talk. I model what other people's thinking is using my teacher copy, which is the exact same as what the students get. So I, I always hold that up and say, okay, on the back of this 120 chart, here's where we're writing for our whiteboards. And then we can figure out our answers there. And then I like to have that in handy. In fact, I just used it in yesterday's lesson because we were adding hundreds together and we were also um, adding, I think we were going from like 250 to 200, or is 250 and adding 50 to get to 300. So I wanted to show them like on the hundreds 20 chart, even though it only goes to 120, how we could still use it by looking at our tens and our ones and adding that way. So those are my best tools. All they take, like I said, is a dry erase marker and something to erase with. Even a Kleenex will do in a pinch. An old sock, I know a lot of teachers do that too, and then you can throw them in the wash. My personal favorite is just the felt pieces because um, I'm used to them. I guess I use them a lot. I've heard of other people going to the dollar store and getting um, like a face, I don't know, face cleaner sponge type thing <laughs> they're like circular and like they come in like greens and pinks and whatever and they use those as little little mini erasers I think you get them at Dollar Tree two in a pack I don't know seems to me like if you, they get dirty pretty quickly I like to stick with like the dark black or blue felt and then you don't notice that it's getting dirty the more the kids use them because they we used whiteboards daily I couldn't teach without a whiteboard to be honest with you it's my go-to resource so virtual math. Okay, so a lot of times what I am doing is I'm using a program called Kami, K-A-M-I. And because we are asked to very heavily rely on our math program, I am sharing a PDF of the math, the student version math book page using Kami. And so I pull up Kami and you can well, actually you open the PDF and you can say open with Cami. And once you open it with Cami, you're able to write and highlight and circle and do all these wonderful markups to a PDF page. If you haven't tried it yet, try that tool because it is life changing. If you've never used it, it's fairly intuitive to use. So on the left hand side is all the tools. I really only stick with three. I stick with the markup tool, which is like the highlighter. I use the drawing tool, which is where I, I make my circles or I underline my words for the word problems. And then I use the, well, the eraser, if that counts, and the pencil. Or maybe it's, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just the highlighter and drawing. Oh, the text box. There you go. <laughs> so I say T for the text box to, to actually type in. So if I'm typing in a long answer on the workbook page, I use the text feature and I can just type in. Um, my answer so the kids can see it on the page and copy it down. And then the drawing tool is really good for drawing out like the tens and the ones and trying to figure out the math, you know, to make a picture or whatever. So I use Kami um, daily and I'm very, very sad when it doesn't work because it is web website based. I believe it is offered free. There is a paid version but as far as I know, I'm still using a free version and I've never had any issues. The kids have all downloaded it as well. Also, I believe free. 
And if you're using Chromebooks, we had a really hard time getting anything from the Chromebook store or the Play Store, whatever it is they use. So we actually had to go to the Kami app website. I think it's just kamiapp.com. So K-A-M-I-A-P-P.com. And you just goes directly to that website, log in as a student. We have Google accounts. So we have Gmail, student Gmail. So they can log in through Google and it just automatically connects them to that um, student Google account. And then that means it's available in Google Classroom assignments, which is amazing. So I can attach a PDF in Google Classroom and they can fill it in using the Kami tools. And it's a PDF page of their workbook. A lot of times I actually use that for their reading and their grammar, but they have a hard copy workbook page. So I actually have them complete their actual workbook page, um, but I'm teaching it using filling it in with Kami. And then they do it alongside of me with their own workbook page. And then um, at the end of the day is their time to work independently and that's where I, we have two workbooks for our math program so that they're using the second workbook for the extra practice page. And that's what they're, they're completing and telling me they've turned in. So I used to require them to turn a photograph in of the completed workbook page, but I got so little kids doing that. And a lot of the parents were like, oh, I have to take a picture of it and I don't know how. And there was all these issues. So I stopped requiring them to actually turn in the page. I figure it's just practice anyway. The test is going to tell me if they're doing it or not. The participation within the classroom live lessons is telling me if they're doing it or not and they're understanding. So I rely on those two things rather than making them turn in a photograph of a completed workbook page every day. So that's kind of how I'm doing math virtually. For the most part, we have a warm-up where, like I said, I'm projecting a number talk on my screen and they're completing it on the little whiteboards that I sent them home at the beginning of the year. And then we move into the lesson where I'm showing them the PDF and I'm using Kami and they're using their workbook at home. And then it's only a 30-minute lesson. It goes really quick. The other thing I wanted to mention is for manipulatives, I sent home... Every student got a hundred red pony beans, beads, not beans, a hundred red pony beads and um, pipe cleaners that I had cut down. So I think I got three pipe cleaner sticks out of one pipe cleaner. And so every single kid I gave a set of a hundred, right? So they got 10 sticks, right? See where I'm going with this? <laughs> and I actually had my daughter help me. We put 10 beads on every single one of the pipe cleaner sticks. And then I just kind of made a little loop on the pipe cleaners to close up one end so they didn't want to all fall off. And then I put them in a little, um, not a sandwich bag, but the snack size bag. So they got the beads with the pipe cleaners. So there was a set of 100 so that we could do place value with them. And also in the beginning of the year, they could move them around and manipulate them for the number bonds so that they had something to use as counters. So whether or not they have them left at this point of the year, um, who knows, but they were very easy to make. And I will probably make them again since we're returning to hybrid just so the students that are in the classroom will have um, a set that they can use within the classroom or maybe 
I'll do something else. But that was a very cheap alternative to me to sending home manipulatives. I knew that we could use them in a variety of ways. And then also it was cheap and it was available and it's something that I could do quickly from home and send it to them. If I did it again, I probably would put a little direction page for parents about putting 10 beads on each pipe cleaner because I think that was an extra effort that I didn't need to spend because it was quite a lot of time to crimp over the pipe cleaner and add the beads and, you know, that was time consuming. So if you are planning to do that, I would recommend just sending them the supplies and maybe picture directions and saying, here you go, put them together by yourself and be ready for the learning the next day. So that's how I how I do my math. Um, hopefully that has helped. By no means am I a math expert. Do I use a document camera? I do occasionally. Not very often. It really depends on the topic. So if it's something that I need to use my beads and modeling with, then yes, I will use my document camera. But for the most part, I'm just relying on the PDF page of their workbook page. And then like the Kami tool is great because I can draw. I can also share a different tab and there's some great um, online free resources for like online manipulatives and things like that, that I can show them actual place value blocks virtually um, in that way. So thanks for listening. And if you have any tips for future episodes, please fill out the form on my podcast page. It's sharedteaching.com forward slash podcast. At the bottom, you'll see something that says, be a part of the shared teaching team, which just means that we are collaborating together. You're giving me some ideas and helpful things that you want to hear on future episodes. And I will take those into mind while I'm thinking up ideas and recording for you. So thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you next time. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes, so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on sharedteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Shared Teaching Podcast. blog post episode not an episode oh my goodness um also i believe free um well i don't know about also but um um um